0: I love my home. I do. I love it so much. But I also love vacationing. I work a lot. And sometimes it, it bothers me to think how often I'm not actually there to enjoy it. I mean, whether I'm going on a fun vacation with Justin or traveling to New York for work, there's big chunks of time that I don't get to relish that sofa I pined so hard to buy or bake cookies that I can make with my stand up mixer that I got for Christmas. And I realize there is a way that I might feel better. If I became an Airbnb host, I could make use of the space when I'm away and make some extra cash. I mean, my next vacation could essentially pay for itself. Like my extra Airbnb cash could go into an account for that trip to Paris I've been pondering. And then basically the trip is free. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I know that's not technically how math works, but okay, also, if we're saving money hosting, this means I could do some shopping, right? And the weather is also very nice in Paris at this time of the month. And I just feel like it might be, okay, you know what? I'm gonna talk to Justin about this. Um, Thank you for letting me share this epiphany with you. I appreciate it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dinner's On Me listeners. I wanted to take a moment to look back at all the incredible conversations we've had on this podcast. So from now until the end of the year, we're going to revisit some of my favorite moments. Today, we have two of my modern family family members, Julie Bowen and Sarah Highland. Julie was actually the very first person I sat down with on this show. And you could say I still have my interviewer training wheels on a bit. I love how she sometimes turns the tables on me as well. It shows you a bit of our true dynamic. I can understand why people think that we're actually siblings in real life. And later you'll hear my chat with Sarah Highland. Seeing her grow up on the show, overcome obstacles with such tenacity, it only made our friendship that much more special. All right. Up first, Julie Bowen. Now I have to say, Republic laid out their restaurant brilliantly. When you walk to the front doors, you have to walk past a pastry case at the front. There's always a line, which makes sense because Republic is known for their pastries. Chef Margarita Mansky, she's been nominated for eight consecutive years for James Beard Awards in the Outstanding Pastry Chef category. I've spent so many meals with Julie, but to be fair, a lot of those meals were not really that exciting. They were salads from the salad bar or M&Ms from craft service. They, they were really special moments though. Uh, that's how we all got to know one another, just over these breaks in our work days. And with Julie, she was my on-screen sister, but honestly, she's evolved into what feels like a real sister. So I asked Julia to brave a torrential rainstorm in Los Angeles to chat with me. And by the way, a Spanish revival building commissioned by Charlie Chaplin in 1928. Let's hope he's not haunting this recording. So without further ado, Julie Bowen.
1: Are you gonna do TV again?
0: Um, I really, really like the schedule. Modern Family shot um, we were very, very lucky. We, we had very yeah. short days. They started it early sometimes, but there, there were days where, I don't know if this happened as much for you, but like I would show up to work, you know, at six or 6.30 in the morning. I'd only have a few scenes to shoot and I'd be driving home in morning rush hour traffic. So right. I'd have the whole day yeah. ahead of me to do whatever I wanted. I don't think that would happen again. I, don't, yeah. I think we just got very, very lucky. <laughs> yes. But I do like that long form of storytelling. What I don't like is characters, especially characters on, on sitcoms, the audiences don't want growth. Yeah, You don't want to see Monica Geller not be neurotic. You don't right. want to see Rachel right. not be you know, right. a, a wacky, and you don't want to see Claire not be um, micromanaging. Right. That's a drawback for me for TV, is I feel like there's not, and maybe not all TV, I'm watching, you know, some of these lo- longer form dramas and I do yeah. f- find that they allow these yeah. characters, Drama, especially if yeah. it's serialized, serialized, yeah. I can
1: Well, serialized when the story is drawn out over that's many what I mean. many that's what I mean. um Episodic is like when they standalone. When they're standalone, it's more like uh SVU. Gotcha, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know,
1: like you can watch them in any order and no yeah. one cares. Right. Because no one's no one's growing.
0: But Breaking Bad is a perfect example. Like Breaking Bad amazing, is amazing, amazing character growth. Those people are not the same people they were in episode one. Like that's what I'm hungry for if I'm gonna do something again.
1: I know, but do you feel like we are in the um comedy box?
0: mm mm-hmm. I don't Absolutely. understand how I
1: got in the comedy box. I used to be the crier.
0: Yeah. The, I, mean, you did I it was good. like
1: a good, solid crier. You're
0: always remembered for your last job though.
1: I know. And now
0: you're the, the mom now, who has I'm Pratt like, Falls.
1: The mom who what?
0: Does Pratt Falls.
1: Does Pratt Falls, that's right. I'm the I'm the falling mom. And, <laughs> and you. I don't know how you get out of that.
0: I don't either. I, don't. I mean, you know, for me, like doing Take Me Out was a step in that direction, yeah. but so many people like, you know, Take Me Out was this play I did on Broadway and I had, it had a lot of humor, it had a lot of pathos. I got to sort of show my entire toolbox. And yet, uh, well, a lot of my, didn't show his tool. I didn't show my tool. A lot like of the, the other actors, of the actors were naked did. is what Julie's referring not to. not
1: the point <laughs> of the show, but it's hard to ignore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even close friends of mine after, uh, you know, when they t- stay back and say hello to me after the show, they'd say, oh, you were so funny. And it kind of like broke my heart that they like, that's what they led with. So even in an opportunity where I could show a lot of things, like they led with, oh, you were funny.
1: Yeah.
0: And yes, I was, but I was other things. I don't know, I, I kind of, I had a moment where I was like, oh, it's gonna take me a really long time to crawl out from under the character that I was so lucky to do for 11 years, but I'm sure you must feel the same way.
1: Well, that's one of the things that I always was like, I always felt so lucky to have that job, and when we would get into things like negotiations and money, and I would feel like, oh my God, I can't ask for more money, this is just a great job. but. I don't know who pointed it out to me, but an agent or somebody, they're buying the, the next 10 years from you, not just from work, but you have to dig out from being Claire. That's you're Claire. Right. For the rest you of your will life. You won't be able to work
0: it's a great point. for
1: a little while as something that where people don't say, oh, you're Claire. So you should be compensated for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were. I don't know. I... I mean, maybe if I get, I was thinking about getting arrested, maybe. It's like some scandal. <laughs> like, no one's going to, no one gets hurt. No. No one gets pregnant. We okay. Just a light arresting situation. Who would have gotten pregnant
0: in this situation?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I always wanted to write. That's what I want to do. But I'm terrified of it. Why? Because it's fucking hard.
0: Yeah, it's a lonely experience. It's like the
1: hardest thing. I think it's the hardest thing.
0: I wrote a cookbook and I had a writing partner and that was so super hard. <laughs> and you just... And, you know, half of that is just, like, developing recipes and, like, you know, it's not even writing. It's just, like, figuring out if something tastes good. And You
1: actually had to write in that, too.
0: I did. You know you have to write these introductions to the recipes and sort of explain what they mean. And, you know, there are certain recipes that's like, I got nothing for this one. I don't know. It's just a yummy recipe. Can it just be a yummy soup? Can that, can it just be that? Does it,
1: is there ever, have cookbooks always had like a story to them or what? I think like- the
0: good ones do, yeah, certainly. If you were to write something like, what would it be like a script or a, a book or a <laughs> <would> memoir? Be- <laughs>
1: It would just be a list. It would be a to-do list. <laughs> See, I feel
0: like you'd be very good at a to-do list.
1: I gonna do just a you book of to-do, to-do lists. You great organizational skills. I'm really fine at my to-do list. And each day you'd realize it would be a, a tale that's told through to-do lists as you realize that certain things keep repeating and others are falling yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, mystery. Yeah. I wrote a script. It sat in the drawer for... I wrote it right before Modern Family. Oh, really? But I would never admit it. I oh, because I'm too scared. I, this is the first I've heard of it. Yeah, I've never talked about it. But I pulled it out of the drawer, and I'm not kidding you, three days ago. Turns out chunks of it are missing. I don't know where. (laughs) And I'm like.
0: Like pages, it goes like 42 to 56? And
1: I was like, I don't even have Final Draft anymore, the software you need for this stuff. Uh I had to download Final Draft. I upload this file. Find the floppy disk. Where is the end? <laughs> like, I know what I wrote in it, and so it has a lot of work to be done in it. But it's very, very dark.
0: And it's a movie or is it? It's a movie. Series. Yeah.
1: It's lighthearted. No, it's actually uh, sort of funny. But yeah, I was like, that's dark. No one. Well, no at one, that
0: point in your life, you had just come off of what doing Lost, and I mean, you were doing right. darker things at that point.
1: Mm, yeah, Boston Legal.
0: Boston Legal. Which is not dark. But you know, it's not. A half hour situational comedy where do no, mom I don't think who I falls could write, down a lot. I couldn't
1: write a half hour situational comedy. I could never do that. I don't know any, how anybody writes that. And although I do like the idea of a of writer's room. Yeah. That sounds like what we would have on set. Yeah. It was like a, a little, like a camaraderie.
0: Yeah, it was like our hair and makeup trailer. Like we, that's where we would all hang out and we'd, we'd joke with one another and make each other laugh. And that's, you know, what. I miss that. Yeah. Me I too. do miss that. How was ending the show for you? I mean, I, I know I was there and we were all very emotional, you know, when they're, you're doing the last shot and you're putting off the last shot and then uh-huh. they, they slowly start wrapping the characters one by one. Like, that's a wrap uh-huh. on Aubrey Anderson-Emmons. And they started with the youngest kids and went, went all the way to Ed was the last one. Uh-huh. And you felt like you knew when your number was coming up and when they were going to wrap you. And it was just incredibly sad and emotional. And, um, you know, we were... <laughs> Sophie was drinking tequila, you know. Uh, crew members were singing songs. Crew members songs. were singing songs. We had a lot of our our spouses. My, my husband came, uh-huh. uh, he was there. My kids were there. Your kids were there. Like, you know, family came around. It was almost like they were there to like be a part of a funeral. And it was really emotional. I also found myself being very protective that day because I could not process the end of this 11 years in yeah. that moment with all this pomp and circumstance around yeah. as well. Yep. Do you remember what that day was like for you?
1: I remember getting in trouble with the director, Gail, because when we were in the big huddle hug, I was crying so loud that it was that it ruined <laughs> the take and we had to do it again. But I just had this feeling like, with any super emotional situation like that, I was like, I gotta get out of here.
0: That's how I felt. I need to
1: go. And I thought, and it's okay because we're all gonna see each other, because we knew that we had a bunch of press to do over the spring and we had the, you know, the rollout of the final episode yep. and there was a documentary and all this stuff. And then nobody told us that the world would stop and we'd be locked in our houses. Right. So, I mean, I've done a lot of therapy over there. There was a lot of loss at once. The loss yeah. of the daily interaction. I, I had gotten divorced in year eight, maybe, mm-hmm. or nine.
0: I've lost track of time. Do you see yourself dating again? Or having that, like a, a relationship with someone who like you share space with?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I want to I don't know if I want to date. So I don't like those dudes that are like in suits and like they're flexing and they. I don't know. I'm not into it.
0: Like people with real jobs, basically.
1: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm making my life impossible because I don't want to date somebody with a real job, but I don't want somebody who doesn't work. Right. But
0: like. And dating people within this industry <clears> is hard. <throat> but then yet yeah, they understand you, it. You
1: like, kind of want like a guy who started a tech company in the 90s and sold it when he was really young mm-hmm. in like early 2000s, and now and he's just, just- kind of
0: coasting, having he, fun.
1: But he's really interested in like philanthropy and carpentry maybe. Okay. He like makes tables and gives away money.
0: God, this is specific and I love it.
1: I know, but that's, like he, he has an artistic side and also gives a shit. I can't stand people that are cashing in and just partying.
0: Let's sign you up for an app right now. Well, we, uh, have, we have the profile. Uh, <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Looking for, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. you have to be
1: um, successful, but it needs to be in the rearview mirror because my schedule's weird yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. to, you know, make tables on my time. <laughs> but, but, but he cares very much and he started like a, a charity for armless kids to make tables too. <laughs> I don't know, just something, something meaningful. <laughs> or a writer. Yeah, I don't want a companion. Yeah. Why do you have somebody? You set me up?
0: You only know I mean, you're, you, you've are you asked me before. To set you up? <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy though when we first met, I was completely single. Yeah, you sure were. Completely single.
1: Like, so single. So single. Like, apps single. I don't know why I would, I would have had the wherewithal to pick Justin out of a lineup. Yeah. I think I would have picked for you, and Justin's perfect for you, and I adore him. But I think back when I met you, I, I thought you would have needed somebody who was more, I don't know, sort of like a lawyer. Well, well he is, is a lawyer, lawyer but, but he's also 10 a, years
0: younger. Right, you know, but barely of out of like law school when I met him. An older
1: kind of lawyer. And yet Justin makes you light and filled with life and oh. and you're ancient and he's so young. So, so true, no. it's so true.
0: <laughs> Have you said how
1: you met Justin? How did he meet Justin? They met at the gym. Oh, Justin okay. hit on him because A, he was cute and B, he wanted you to do something.
0: I don't think Justin thought I was cute.
1: He wanted you to do something for one of his many charitable interests. Wasn't it human resource, maybe? Or? he,
0: Justin was working on the marriage equality yes. case on Proposition 8. He was working for the the nonprofit that funded the case. Right. And so he had watched an episode of Modern Family uh, because his friends told him to watch it, and he was in law school, he didn't really have time. But I feel like I think this is actually going to be a really great thing for just... You know, the pop cultural touchstone of like what this whole marriage equality. It was good for the
1: gays. It was good
0: for the gays. And so he saw me at the gym, in the locker room. We were both clothed and he just came up to Why do and you need said, to say you were
1: both clothed? Because both. I feel
0: like that's necessary. Because when you hear the locker to, room, they think steam room.
1: He told me a different
0: story. Tell me what he told you. You
1: were working out on like a machine. Nope. Really?
0: Lies, it was in the locker room.
1: So interesting. I wonder if you were, you must have been naked then and he wanted to protect you from that. I
0: would promise you I wasn't naked. I would not have had the courage to have a conversation wait, with him. If hang I had on, wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, back up. Did you, one of you see the other previous to that first engagement walking naked? by? No, walking by the other working out. Did you see him when you were on a mission walking by? I did not by? see him. Did he see you? Maybe. I thought I you had seen you know, him and thought he was cute. was recognizable
0: and very famous at the time. He probably did see me.
1: You are very famous <laughs> with your red hair. And Justin's very good looking. Very good looking. He's very good looking. Your children are But beautiful. that was the thing when he started
0: talking to me. I was like, oh, you're a hottie. Like what's your name? How old are you? I, like I got the, the, the details.
1: You did a Julie. I did a Julie. See? Uh-huh. It's not so bad to ask questions, no. Jesse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do. I do. I I'll love take you, it, Jesse.
1: I love that you are doing this because it gave me an opportunity to come and sit and talk to you, even though it's a little unfair that I have Gestapo lighting in my <laughs> I face. Know. You know what you and do. you're like backlit like Theo and um Vincent. <sighs> I know. Like I just read some red hair sticking up. Well, I love you.
0: Well, thanks for coming and doing this and for having dinner. And don't worry about the bill. Dinner's really? on me. Have- <laughs> and now for a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, you'll hear some of my favorite moments from my chat with Sarah Highland. Okay, be right back. I love what I do. I also love the idea of not doing it one day. But it's getting harder to know the best way to move forward into the future towards retirement. We hear about inflation, rate hikes, the changing market, gotta get the kids through college, build an emergency fund, and then there's retirement. Here's where Fidelity comes in. Fidelity can help you find clarity in saving for the future even as your path and priorities evolve. How? Well, they'll help you create a free personalized plan that adapts as your priorities change. They'll also show you what's called timely insights, small tips on ways to save and invest to help meet your goals. And you can monitor your plan so you stay on target. The future's coming and so's retirement. Fidelity can help you take it on your way. Learn more at fidelity.com future. Expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services member NYSE SIPC. Sometimes when I've had a long day, honestly, the last thing I want to do is think about what to eat, even though I I love to cook. I mean, sometimes, let's just face it, we don't want to spend the time figuring out the ingredients, the recipe, going to the grocery store... And then you got to face the cleanup. That's when factor comes in. I just pop one of their delicious meals in the microwave for two minutes, and voila, I have a restaurant-quality meal. I personally like to plate it and make it look pretty, and I tell myself, wow, look at this beautiful pork chop you just threw together. I love that factor is flexible with my lifestyle. I can cater it to my dietary needs. Like, let's say I'm leaning vegetarian one month or keto the next And I can change how many meals I get week to week to fit my schedule. I seriously look forward to the Tuesday delivery date in that factor box on my doorstep. So why not give it a try? Head to factormeals.com slash dinners50 and use code dinners50 to get 50% off. That's code dinners50 at factormeals.com slash dinners50 to get 50% off. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. I kind of hate the word, but I don't know. I'll admit it. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie to the core, whether it's in the kitchen, trying out a new recipe or checking out the latest trendy restaurant. And I can earn rewards every time I braise a lamb shank or devour a chef special at my favorite eatery with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. This makes my compulsive to-go ordering at Kismet Rotisserie in Studio City feel so good on so many levels because with all the points on my purchase, it's a win-win, right? Plus, you get delicious chicken. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, plus earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, Go to usbank.com altitudego to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Eat out or eat in with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com altitudego to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issue of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. You know what I love for breakfast? I love French toast. You know what I never make for myself at home? French toast. Why? Because the carb fear is real. But carb-heavy foods are often the ones we love the most— Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. And you know what? Their products are delicious. And what I really love about them is that my kids also love Hero Bread. Hero Bread has something for every craving, from sliced bread loaves and buns to tortillas. Plus, monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the two-gram net-carb Hero Croissants or the one-gram net-carb Hero Cheddar Biscuits. Oh my gosh, those sound amazing. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to Hero Co. and use code DINNER at checkout. That's DINNER at H-E-R-O dot C-O Oh, what's that I hear? Is that the sound of a spicy margarita being made? Uh, I'll answer that question myself. It is. It's got all you need. Lime, agave, citrus salt, then, of course, tequila. Or, if you're feeling smoky, mezcal. Today I'm at Mexican restaurant Gracias Madre. It's just off Melrose in West Hollywood. It's plant-based and beloved in vegan and vegetarian circles, but you don't have to be an herbivore to appreciate it. I chose today's spot for someone I consider a little spicy, yet oh-so approachable. I know she also loves tacos and makes responsible nutrition choices. So without further ado, you might know her from Pitch Perfect Bumper in Berlin, the wedding year, or as my niece for 11 seasons on Modern Family. It's Sarah Highland. I have so many things I want to talk to you okay, about. Okay,
2: let's talk.
0: First of all, I was thinking today about how your childhood was like my dream. Because, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh-huh. I dreamed of going to New York. I watched the Tony Awards every single year. I was like, that's, I didn't even know what New York was. Yeah. I was like, that's where I want to be. And your
2: tiny little my, TV in the kitchen. Exactly. And yeah. I was like, I
0: just want to go someday. And you were not only born in New York, but you were raised there. Yeah. By I, I believe both your parents were actors, yeah. right? Your mom was yeah. an actress. Well, I know your mm-hmm. dad is yes. is currently working in Harry Potter yes. on Broadway. Dumbledore. Dumbledore on Broadway. Um, but your mom was, was is is was an actress. Is
2: and and is now was then.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Little time in between. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And your brother was an actor. And like what? Yeah. like t- Just talk to me about like not only like just growing up a, like a child actor in New York, but actually just living as a kid in. That city.
2: Yeah, it's it's wild. You know, the East Village, I grew up on 7th between 1st and 2nd Street. And That's the East so Village cool. in the 90s. <laughs> it I, was uh, it was not, not what safe. it is now. No. And it was very dangerous. My dad had um his nickname was the mayor of 7th Street because at night he used to actually like walk 7th Street between 1st and 2nd with a baseball bat. And
0: <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I cannot imagine him doing that. <laughs>
2: Walk walk up and down the street with a baseball bat, ta- just kind of like our own like street patrol type just of, sort of situation. As
0: intimidation tactic, as
2: an intimidation tactic, to, you know, like there was a lot of people on the street that had little kids and, Who's you out know, to protect them. out to protect. You know, just like he, but he was it was my dad with a baseball bat. Love that. Yeah, and so everyone nicknamed him the Mayor of Seventh Street because that's what he did. So it was it, it's it's very wild thinking about my childhood about how my parents had to literally like lift me up out of the foyer because peop- there were needles there from overnight. Wow. So um, it was it was very, very dangerous growing up, but I didn't think of anything otherwise. Um, yeah. You started
0: acting and making money when you were four? When I was
2: four, yeah.
0: And that was like what, voiceovers, commercials?
2: I played Howard Stern's daughter in that private That was at parts. seven, right? Well, that came out in 97, but when I shot it, I was four.
0: Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember, remember what that was like?
2: Every single moment.
0: I mean, tell me about what you remember at, at age four and, and being a working actor in New York.
2: It's it's strange. I think I'm one of the few people that remember way too much about my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that you remember things that happened to you at four.
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, I remember the whole audition process because I had been begging my parents to let me audition, and them being, you know, theater actors. They were like, no, you're going to face rejection and be poor for the rest of your life. You don't want to be an actor, trust me. And I was like, no, 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 I, I, this is me. And I poached my dad's audition. So he had an audition for private parts, and then they saw me, and they were like, oh my gosh, you have this long curly hair. You have to audition to play Howard's daughter. And I got it, my dad didn't. And so we're filming at JFK, and it's really just... Me and uh, I can't remember the other little girl's name, but she was so sweet. She played my older sister. It's just like us running up to Howard Stern screaming, daddy, daddy. And like, that's it. And like walking away. It was the easiest gig for a Mm four-year-old. And um, so we're filming at JFK. My quote unquote trailer was a conference room.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
2: And they were like, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm the PA. What do you want to eat? And I heard PA, and in my head, I thought personal assistant. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, personal assistant, thank you so much. I get in this entire conference room to myself, look how fancy I am, I would like blimpies and chocolate-covered strawberries, thank you so much, with a Sprite. And, and she was like, um, I'm not sure if there's a blimpies here, but." I I, I will see what I can do, and I will (laughs) see what I can do about chocolate-covered strawberries at JFK. Somehow they made it happen, oh and my they gosh. brought me a, a turkey sandwich from Blimpies and chocolate-covered strawberries, yes. and I was like, this is the life.
0: Oh my gosh, Sarah, by the way, PA stands for production assistant, yes. not your personal assistant. <laughs> not <yes>. your personal <laughs> assistant.
2: But as a four-year-old, I <laughs> oh didn't know production assistant. My dad had been yeah. doing theater, so I didn't know the film, television life. Right. And so I just thought personal assistant, and it was like the most glamorous thing in the world wow. to me and I had so much fun and Howard was just the kindest individual and I just remember I thinking like you have the bluest eyes I've ever seen, you're yeah. so pretty. Yeah. And then the next job that I got was playing Jennifer Aniston's daughter in Object of My Affection and I had a honey wagon. <laughs> there was no blimpies or chocolate covered strawberries.
0: Uh-huh. And a honey wagon just for, for people who yes, have sorry, never heard sorry. of this it is like How would you describe it? It's like, it's kind of like a sleeve of a room. A sleeve. (laughs) It's a sleeve
2: of a room. A quarter sleeve of a room.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, basically a a trailer that's divided into like four, three or four parts, maybe.
2: I would say more like five or six. Five or six, okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And
0: so like you get your little segment of the, of the trailer and sometimes it's a bathroom and it usually no.
2: Or, well, in, in the 90s, the Honey Wagons you lifted up a cushion of the couch, and it was a toilet. That's right.
0: That's right. I remember the first time I yes. actually was in one that had a, a chair that converted to a toilet. I was like, this cannot be sanitary. This cannot
2: be sanitary. And I just remember
0: sitting on that when it was, you know... When, it, when was it was not, the couch. When, when it was the couch and been feeling very uncomfortable that yes. underneath this cushion was just like blue, like yes. toilet water, you know. And
2: who knows how many people have been in here? What from kind of people? <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. It was all very disturbing. Yeah. Uh, so that was a honey wagon. So, so it a, was a
2: honey a wagon. Bit
0: a, um, a bit of a A bit of a culture
2: shock for me. <laughs> a demotion in the from the conference yes, room. Yes, exactly. From the chocolate covered strawberries and conference room. And my mom was like, oh, thank goodness. She's not going to want to act anymore because she sees how life really is as a working actor. But then I would, you know, I'd be doing my penmanship on on the side of the street because it was a nice day out and the honey wagon smelled like a bathroom because it was. Right. And Jennifer Aniston saw me and she was like, oh honey, what are you doing? No, come into my trailer, do your homework there. And my mom was like, gosh, Jennifer, I am trying to teach my daughter a lesson that it is not all glamor. And now you're inviting her into your entire trailer with like a bed and a kitchen. And it was like one of those massive trailers. And you know, she's Jennifer freaking Aniston.
0: At the height of Friends, right?
2: At like, like beginning height. Like, right. us, like, essentially, like, Modern Family Season 2, okay. 3, yeah. kind of. A big deal. Big, big deal. So she had this massive trailer, and I would just do, like, Jennifer Aniston would help me with my penmanship and everything. And my mom was like, my goodness, my, my daughter's just, like, the luckiest little girl ever that she keeps getting pulled into these places. And...
0: Okay, I I always wondered this because I did not come from parents of uh, you know my parents were not in the entertainment business, but I know several of my friends you know grew up with with parents who were playwrights and Mm -hmm. actors and um, what was it like for you, growing up with parents who were, you know, successful. They were working. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, you were sort of hitting it at a different level, it seems like, even early on. Yeah. Do you know what that was like for your dad and for your mom to to sort of be shepherding you into this industry and have you doing so well? It Was there complications with that?
2: Um, my parents have always been so supportive other than them saying no don't become an actor
0: <laughs> right right
2: <laughs> once they realized that the, the train had left the station and they couldn't mm-hmm. stop it they realized you know like well we have to support her now and you were she's good on this it. ride
1: yeah
2: my dad we, you know he was doing merchant of venice in at the shakespeare theater of louisville and just yeah. kind of like really taking any job he could to put money on the table so he would be in colorado for six months at a time and here i was you know on television shows and doing movies left and right. But I think that they were always just really proud of me and just always making sure that I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. I I don't think they ever resented me in any type of way. I think they just realized, you know, like uh, I guess this is what our daughter's going to do with her life. We really hoped for her to be a doctor or a a lawyer or something. We wanna make sure that she doesn't make any mistakes when i booked modern family that was like the big rocket to the moon kind right, of right. kind of thing i think that honestly because i came from a theater family and because i had essentially just played jewelry my entire life for 14 years yeah, yeah, yeah. in tv shows and and even broadway and things like that it was it it really helped set me up for navigating modern family to the success that i was able to just personally, on a personal note, because it really could have gone sideways for me. I was 18. I was living in LA by myself. I could have become that club girl, right. and things could have gone
0: very differently.
2: Sure. Would you do love a double it. date here?
0: I'd love to sit on at, patio. Justin was just saying he's like, I miss you, Justin You so have much. to tell Sarah I miss her. Which I, I, mean, I I knew we'd be friends regardless because I love you, and we have musical theater in common, and we just we yeah. connected very on a very deep level And mm-hmm. we were doing Modern Family together. But definitely, we both have to acknowledge one of the reasons we are so close mm-hmm. is because you love my husband so much. Oh,
2: yes. Yeah. My like, mouth is so full. <laughs> if
0: we got divorced, I'm not fully confident that I would win you in the relationship.
2: <laughs> I would straddle. I promise I'd straddle. The spread eagle. And that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go yeah. full on Chicago for you guys. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I love it. Um,
2: it's so funny because in, in your episode with Julie, she was like, in a lineup, I don't know if I would have picked Justin. Mm-hmm. And I was listening and I was like, I would. <laughs> 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 because I used to date gay men and I'd be like, that one, I would want to date him, so I'm going to put him with Jesse. <laughs> oh, I love that. I,
0: like, I love the gaydar. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of, I mean, when I first started the show, obviously I was single, but you were were you living with your boyfriend at the time?
2: Um, No, so... I remember it was either the day of or the day before your first date with Justin. we uh-huh. are filming at Jay and Gloria's. Uh-huh. What it was, no idea. Okay. Um, but we're, fi- we're in the foyer of, of Jay and Gloria's, and you come up to me, and you're like... I have a date with a 23 year old. <laughs> I was like, I have a date with a 23 year old. Oh, oh no. my goodness. And we both had dates that weekend with like 23. And I, I was like, hilarious. I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh. These are the guys we're gonna marry, and I went on that one date, and I was like, absolutely Absolutely not. I hope this worked out with the 23-year-old for Jesse because it didn't work out for me.
0: That's so funny. You remember that? I do not remember that at all, but that's hilarious. I I will always remember that. I'm sure there was a piece of me that was like, okay, maybe this boy's too young for me if Sarah and I are both.
2: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I probably like accidentally freaked you out in that moment, being like, (laughs) me too. Because
0: even just hearing that, in retrospect, I'm like, oh my gosh, my heart palpitations. (laughs) You know, we've we've all vacationed together. Like I feel like we all. It's it's.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it doesn't feel like I'm the old man of the group, even though. Not at all. I am.
2: Oh, Mary, please, <laughs> my husband's older than your husband, mm. so.
0: <laughs> That's true. It's just a big hodgepodge of people it, we love
2: it really really
0: is okay so certainly at this time you know in, in your life your things are things are changing rapidly you, you have this steady work you have you're on a show that's a huge hit I so appreciate how you say you don't want to be defined by your health struggles yeah but this is also a time when you were having a lot of health struggles yeah. but at this point in your career you're going through not only like you know early 20s late teens which is such a tumultuous, <laughs> weird time anyways, yeah. figuring out, you know, you're, you're dating people, trying to figure out like, who, who you mm-hmm. want in a partner. And then on top of that, dealing with something that is not only putting you in a, a tense amount of pain, but also changing the way you look mm-hmm. in, a, in a period when like you are on the hottest show on television. Let's just face it. It was like we were on a five- five Emmys in a row streak, crazy, (laughs) Crazy. but it's like all eyes were on us. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, can you talk a little bit about what that felt like? Also, I, I know you've had these conversations so many times with so many people. To have this conversation with someone who is in that space with you, um, I just hope that you know You know, I'm, I'm here to take care of you and I don't want you to oh ever feel like I'm exploiting this moment of your life because it's something I know that was really hard for you to go through. <laughs> well, but yeah. what was that like for you?
2: Honestly, that was the only way that I was going to be able to make it through anything was just you work and you just constantly work and you constantly distract yourself with work and and that's it. For me, it's I don't remember a lot of filming and because I was always focused on essentially just surviving and knowing my lines and being there 100% when they yelled action and then immediately collapsing when they yelled cut.
0: I remember a day when we were shooting, and we were, it was, I don't remember the specifics of the scene, and you might not remember it, because I think you were in an intense amount of pain that day, but we were pushing a car.
2: Oh, my God, I remember that so much. I had gout.
0: You had gout.
2: I was on dialysis. I had gout. It was...
0: That's right, you had gout, and I remember you it were wearing wild. a high-heel shoe. Yeah, they
2: put me in high heels. That hadn't been established, by the way. Those heels had not been, I feel like I got cabbage on my nose. I'm <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> For the listeners out there, I was rubbing my nose. You were and rubbing your nose pretty it intensely. Was, it was very intense. Um, uh, you do they had, have cabbage they had not established my outfit yet, and they insisted that I was wearing heels. And I, I legit, there are pictures on the internet of well, me, like, We were, we
0: were paparazzi in crutches. that day. Yeah. I, yeah. had,
2: I had gout because they had put me, I was retaining so much water, they put me on, like, water pills or what, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and, and, and because I was put on that, I got gout in my foot, and it was the most excruciating pain. I remember that so
0: vividly. I, again, I don't remember, I don't, I remember the scene because I think I was so concerned about you.
2: There was, there was something on the windshield,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I was trying to rip it off, and I was pushing it. We were and you pushing were pushing a
0: car. And
2: you, Yeah, because you were up there. There was someone up the sunroof.
0: Okay. See, I don't remember other, any of that. Uh,
2: there's, there's something. I'll
0: have to go to the tape. Thank God we recorded it. Let's roll the
2: tape, <laughs> people.
0: On Instagram. Play the clip. There are so few industries, I feel, where, like, people are expected to work through illness like that. And yes. I do feel like the entertainment business, especially if you're in front of camera, you know, if they can't especially. write you off for, like, three months or four months while you go through this thing, yeah. like, you kind of have to show up. I hope you 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 hear this praise and like just just know it's coming from such a place of love. But I know and I know Julie's throwing this praise at you as well. But I just remember how strong you were during that time, and it's like how is this little munchkin <laughs> doing this?
2: Thank you so much. I love you so much, and I think I think I really needed to hear that.
0: Oh, so also you know what something insane happened during this time when you were going through probably the hardest part of your chronic illness. You were going into your second kidney transplant that your brother yes. was, was giving you. Donovan. So Donovan was giving you you know, his kidney and right before all this happened, mm-hmm. you and your now husband, Wells, started to talk to one another. Date. Started to date.
2: Wild. What were we thinking?
0: <laughs> I mean, I remember when you started talking about him and you would come into work. In Tahoe. That's right.
2: In Tahoe.
0: Yeah, when you were on dialysis. Yeah. What was it like opening yourself up to love and to, or not even, I mean, listen, at that point, you know, you're just like, oh, it's another guy I'm going to maybe go on a date with. We'll see where it goes. But, mm-hmm. like... It is you know it's it's a very it's a very vulnerable place that you have to put yourself into mm-hmm. when you meet anyone new, yeah, and you were in such a vulnerable state, yeah, as just you know just as a physical human being yeah i mean i mean i I know firsthand because i I lived through it, but talk to me about like what that was like to sort of bring walls into your life at that point,
2: yeah, it was so it just kind of goes to show that as much of a a detached queen as I am, I'm like, whatever. It'll work out. Such a Sagittarius move, to be honest. (laughs) I told you guys about him for the first time in Tahoe, but we had been talking for a little bit at that point. But Tahoe came around and Taylor Swift came out with Reputation. (laughs) 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 And Justin and I were dancing our asses off on the uh, pier. That's right, Justin
0: came to Tahoe with
2: us. And uh, I was like... I'm going to I'm going to tell I'm going to tell Justin and Justin. I'm going to tell Justin and Justin about Wells. And then um, of course like Justin and Wells being the Portuguese kings that they are, yes. I, he was like, "Uh, he's hot." Yeah. And um and yeah, I don't I just was I was just open to it. Yeah. I I could tell he was a really good guy and we were texting and and sending voice memos like nonstop to each other and then, like, getting on, f- then, like, it, it graduated to the phone calls. And uh, so millennial, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, um, you know, he was opening up a lot to me about, like, very personal things. And I was just like, man, like, being on The Bachelorette just really did a, a, a boot, it's like he went to a boot camp for love.
0: yeah. Oh yeah. So to back up a little bit, yes, you, so sorry. You, Wells For those who was don't know. <laughs> Wells was a contestant on The Bachelorette. Yes. Um, and you were watching that season. I was. And you were. Do you, do you, do you, did you tweet something about him? I
2: tweeted he was on the Men All, and he made a reference to not only Harry Potter but Lord of the Flies. The men- so
0: I, I'm not a huge Bachelor or Bachelorette person. <laughs> Mental all is
2: like a reunion type okay, of thing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha,
0: gotcha. And there's type Bachelor Nation, and there's that
2: Bachelor is- Nation, which I'm. a Part of. <laughs> what is
0: Bachelor Nation? Just the culture around. It's like around- the fan base. Gotcha. Okay, I'm or, with you now. Or
2: either fan base or like people that have been on the show in Bachelor. Nation? Okay. I don't okay. know.
0: Okay, it's I'm like not a small community of
2: Very small people. community. Yes. Yes. I think okay. it's rather large. No, it's
0: actually very it's large. It's actually very you. large. I'm the one person who doesn't know about what Bachelor I mean, Nation is.
2: Hey, you love Wells. You're a part of Bachelor Nation.
0: I do. Yeah, so I,
2: so I like tweeted about him and he slid into my DMs and then we stopped talking. And then a year later, um, uh, I was single again and and we actually started talking and he asked mm-hmm. me out and I was like, yeah, sure. And he was like, wait, really? What? Wow. <laughs> I whoa, did not think that this was going to happen because he lived in Nashville at the time. So, um, right. so it would have been long distance. And I think that's the really great thing about our relationship is that not only did we start long distance, but we started just on the phone, uh, mm. like almost like a modern day love letters yeah, yeah. to each other, like off at war, like, I miss you <laughs> dearly, please stay alive for me. And um, uh, and yeah, we really, really got to know each other before we even were physically in the same room. Right. Um, so I felt very safe and comfortable with him, but um, obviously not enough to tell him what was going on medically in my life. And then by the time that I realized, you know, like, oh man, like I really, I could, I think I could probably marry this guy. Like he really, is like before so, meeting him. I, yeah, I was just like, this is like such a strong connection and I have such an amazing feeling about this. I'm going to put this out there because I'm not going to start dating him when I'm in recovery, like absolutely not. Um, I've been through this before and I know how hard it is when you're recovering, like that's not going to happen. So I just kind of threw it out there and I was like, "Hey, I'm having something happen next week and it's going to take me out of commission for the next couple months, so I, you should come to LA like within the next week or else I don't think that this can continue." And he did. And we had our first date at the night before the Emmys party, and that's when I told him that I was on dialysis and the that was on a Saturday and that next Tuesday, the, Saturday night before the Emmys party, our first date, the next day was the Emmys, mm-hmm. our second date after that. Monday, we had work on Modern Family, and Tuesday, I had my transplant. And so I told him at the night before the Emmys party, and he made a joke because it's Wells, and if he's uncomfortable, he makes a joke. And he was like, oh, can your brother ask for that back? Ha ha, ha. And I was like, no, he can't. It doesn't work that way. And he was like, oh, oh, okay. And he, like, saw, like, my, like, my really, really yeah. serious side for the first time. And he was like, oh, this is, like, really, like, this is really serious. And Did he was like, that that's amazing. Argue,
0: to test a relationship at such an early, like, I mean. infancy. The infancy. Is, yeah. It's, it's, it's. it's remarkable, first of all, that it survived.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and that you guys are such a great couple. For those who don't know, I did officiate the wedding. As, it was as the a- most
2: amazing thing ever.
0: <laughs> as Honestly, was, uh, yeah.
2: the world works in mysterious ways because I can't imagine you not now. Yeah. And I think Wells, for those that don't know, Wells and I had planned to have Ty marry us. Yes. Both of us thought that it was an amazing homage to modern in a way that you know, Phil married Haley and then Ty could marry me. I and think it's a great idea. We were like, oh my gosh. And then, obviously, he told us 10 days before emergencies happen and so then Wells and I had a discussion and immediately called you because we were like, if, if he can do this, we need to yeah. we need to tell him now. Yeah. And we we're just so grateful because it was, you were absolute perfection. Aww. You were Gandalf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like, being able to do that was, first of all, such an honor. But then also, I mean, it was just, it was so overwhelming, and there was just so much love in that room. And um, I was truly honored to be be part of that that whole weekend. I would love to do a double date soon.
2: I would love to, uh, but I love you. I love you. Thank Thanks. you so much for having me.
0: Oh my God, are you? You are like on on the top of the and list. And dinner is dinner's on me. Don't uh, worry about it. Dinner's on uh, me. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Dinner's on Me is a production of Neon Hum Media, Sony Music Entertainment, and A Kid Named Beckett Productions. It's hosted by yours truly. It's executive produced by me and Jonathan Hirsch. Our showrunner is Joanna Clay. Chloe Chobel is our associate producer. Sam Baer engineered this episode. Hansdale She composed our theme music. Our head of production is Sammy Allison. Special thanks to Alexis Martinez and Justin Makita. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Join me next week.